guys. Welcome to this week's episode of True Podcast. I'm your host, Rhea. And I'm Alex. And this week, we are talking about parenting. What do we mean by that? Take it away, Alex. This is well, a topic, actually, which I thought was a really good idea, but I feel like you can explain it probably better than I can. Okay, so it's not like parenting in general. So we're going to talk about like our favorite memories, like with our parents, like mm-hmm. our involving relationships with them, because obviously we are adults now. So that mm-hmm. means that our relationship is probably evolved with our parents. And then how that relates to how we feel about being parents someday. Right, right, right. Well, quote unquote, being parents someday. Sure. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> I actually saw, um, I saw a, t- a TikTok today that uh-huh. was like this guy and he was just like, um, I don't even remember entirely like how he was setting up the joke, but basically he was just like trying to say how living in your thirties is just as good, like just as good, if not better than living in your twenties. And right. he was like, my reason being that as long as you don't have kids, it's like living in your 20s, but you have money. And I'm just like, amen. You know, what's so funny that you say that hmm. the other day. And I guess that kind of brings this into like, we need to do our week update anyway. So there's mm-hmm. that. But like just the other day, I was talking to someone at my church and I don't know how it came up, but it came up that, you know, we're getting, well, not we, because she's older than me, but I'm getting to my 30s like I'm almost right. there like I'm on the precipice yeah and then it's like well I guess it's no big deal because they say that 30 is the new 20 right well it's I th- like yeah I'm just like well I guess maybe not for my siblings because they're both married and then like you know my older brother and his like, wife have a child. child yeah and I know that my twin brother and his wife are going to be on their way there so I'm just kind of like for me it'll be like my 20s yeah it's um yeah at all I think that's also like our generation specifically that it's right. just like everything's been pushed back further you know yeah. what I mean we're taking longer to do things like, well doing those sorts of things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like well, it could be like it could be argued that the reason that we're taking longer to do those sorts of things is because like in retrospect it's taken us longer to like set up our lives you know like there's less job availability and like low paying jobs you know what I mean well, I think it's a lot of things, right? Because, like, I think that, you know, because, like, I, I look at my own parents, for example. Mm-hmm. I just know the like, people in the community that I grew up in because I grew up in, like, mostly a dairy community, really. Right. And it wasn't in vogue to go to college. Mm-hmm. So, like, you were getting married out of high school because you that was like the, Yeah, that was, like, the next step in life. Like, I mean, my parents, all things considered, for their environment, got married very late. Like, really? at my dad's, at my dad's 10-year uh, high school anniversary, like, 15-year high school anniversary. Mm-hmm. No, it has to have been 15 years, because my, my older brother was, like, a toddler or a baby. Okay. And some of his classmates had grandchildren already. Oh, my God. That's just disgusting. I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Well, life. it was like something like that. Like me and my brothers being like really young and then mm-hmm. my dad's classmates having grandchildren. So oh my gosh, like no judgment to other people because like that's their <laughs> own life. But like me just putting myself in that position is the most horrifying thing I could ever imagine. I mean, you know, let, let's think about it a little bit. So let's say, you know, you get married when you're 18, like mm-hmm. maybe have a kid at like 19 or 20 mm-hmm. and that kid only needs to, you know, get to like 18 so you're not really that old being a grandparent in that scenario. So you're like 38 as a grandparent. Or like right. 40s. 
Oh my god. Let's just be like a little bit generous and say your 40s. So yeah. Like you get married young, have kids young. They this get is, married young and have kids young. This is also a little bit off topic, but because <laughs> we're talking about like kids, we're like not even doing our week update. We're just like kind of just talking about the topic coming up. But anyways, um, I was on BuzzFeed as I usually am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like reading through the articles, um, which there was a lot of interesting news in the media today, which I don't know if you've caught up with it. I might just mention it really fast, but, um, and I don't mean like political news, but I mean like pop culture news, but anyways, not the point. So I, I, I found this article, which was written by this girl who had a baby, like when she was 19 in college and she was ex- like, she was explaining her experience of finding out she's pregnant, like way long into her pregnancy like she didn't realize she was pregnant until like three months before she was due basically oh how do you not well I mean things happen yeah and like whatever and and that's like kind of what she was like talking about in her article how she like it took her a lot of years to talk about it because there was like a lot of that stigma about like how do you not know that you're pregnant you know and it's easy for people like us you know for example to say that because we haven't experienced it but then there's a right. whole tv show dedicated to i didn't know i was pregnant so it has to happen yeah. and actually you know paulette my sister's best friend mm-hmm. she was a toilet baby like she was i don't know if i can say that actually i might have to edit this out in here but she was born as <laughs> her mom didn't know she was pregnant i just like i'm gonna just text the group chat right now and be like hey paulette it just <laughs> about you. i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to text her and be like hey is it okay if i mention this in our podcast she's like no anyways um yeah but like it actually really happens where like women don't realize they're pregnant and so this this girl she was like talking about how her and her boyfriend were like doing long distance because they had both gone away to college right and so they had only seen each other like every now and then like when they had time off from college or whatever um and she was taking birth control and like they would use a condom and stuff but then like she was like kind of like not super good about her birth control like she would sometimes forget and then like take two pills the next day and then like Mm. you know like stuff like that um and so and then on top of that like she would have like periods every month. Like they're just a little bit lighter, but she would have periods every month. And she would like, she like posted in this article, like pictures of her at different points in the pregnancy. Like this was me at three months, this is me at five months, like da, da, da. And she's so skinny. Like she's way smaller than like me or you. Can like just, absolutely like, no belly. Can we just like skip a little bit and be like, was this baby healthy? Yeah, <laughs> actually it was, born, it was born full term, no complications. Well, that's good to hear. Didn't show at all and you know I mean, I some actually, people be that way that's what I'm saying I'm just like that is just so amazing to me to think about and like she was saying how like eventually she ended up going I don't even remember how she like said she ultimately found out she was pregnant but like when she talked to the doctor the doctor was like oh you're like based off of like what I'm seeing you're probably like one to two months but like let's get an ultrasound and see exactly like how far along you are and like when they did the ultrasound like the like the baby like the fetus had like a full-on spine like the fully developed spinal cord like totally like 100% developed they're just like you're doing three months and she was like so my sister-in-law was one of those really skinny pregnant women mm-hmm. my where, like, my not my, my cousin-in-law like she was, you know, basically due and she didn't even look to me like six months. Like it never really got like super out there. Yeah. Anyway, we need some to people focus. Are really fat. You're right. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Since like we're still doing our little week update really fast. I'm just going to tell you. Other- done any part of the week update. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to tell you the other things really fast that I, that I like read in pop culture. But okay, um, okay. have you, um, have you heard recently, like maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, <laughs> 
um, it was announced that, uh, what's his face? The guy who played Screech on Saved by the Bell was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Doesn't he also have like kind of a crazy past, that guy? Yeah, like he, in like 2014, he was like arrested for like stabbing someone or something like that. Right, but I didn't know about the cancer, no. Yeah, so like four weeks ago, he like announced like his like team, whatever, family, I don't know, mm-hmm. announced that he was diagnosed with like stage four, um, I forget what kind of cancer, but like stage four cancer. Right. Today, they just announced he died. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I guess like, like how long had he had the stage four cancer before he said something? I think he was just diagnosed with it. And that's what they were saying like in the article. They were like, the only good thing about this is that the cancer was so widespread and so like, what's the word? Like uh, aggressive that like mm-hmm. it was swift, you know, he didn't suffer. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But it's just like, dang, dude, that's wild. Like, it's just sad to hear. But yeah, so that was one of the things in pop culture today. And then also, um, do you know Evan Rachel Wood? Yes. She just, like, formally announced or, like, named her um, abuser, like, her, like, relationship abuse. Because she's been, like, a big advocate for, like, abuse and, like, um, you know, like, relationship wellness and like all that stuff for like a lot of years and Mm -hmm. she's always kind of just like speculated or like not speculated but like alluded to who it was and didn't ever say and then today she finally announced it was Marilyn Manson oh really yeah which was um like her significant other in like 2007 or something 2007 to like 2012 or something like that how old is that guy (sighs) I I guess he just looks crazy yeah I mean well he is crazy apparently like she was like talking about how he groomed her and like it was just like a never-ending like terrible experience and like oh it's just so sad but yeah that was like a big thing because then a lot of other like celebrities were like supporting her and being like we're so happy that you're able to finally like name him because now you know like it's not fair it's not fair for these people to do these things and just like go on with their lives you know mm-hmm. so it was pretty significant but yeah those were the two things that I noticed today what's going on with you <laughs> It's, it's really funny because like how you mentioned in the beginning like oh I don't know if you've been keeping up or you know because mm-hmm. truly and I don't I think I've said this to you before but whatever I'm making the choice right now to not be very plugged into any news yeah just because I don't want that kind of stress just, in my yeah. life it's a lot it's unnecessary totally like, eh, no one so yeah I wouldn't have heard about that at all although I did hear about when um that talk show host died last week talk show host who Larry King Oh, Larry King, yeah. Yeah. Was he a talk show host or was he like a news host? I feel like he wasn't actually news. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah know. it was kind of like in between. He was before our time, really. He, like early I remember, I remember watching him like, like when I was really young, like in his little suspenders. Like I remember yeah. him. Um, and then they also like did a joke. No, it wasn't in early 90s. He was still happening in like the mid to late 2000s because I was watching, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called? 30 Rock. And there's an episode in it where one of the characters goes on the Larry King show and like oh, yeah, he's still yeah. having a show. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so my uh, nephew came over the other day, mm-hmm. which was really fun because my parents were at home. So it was just like me monopolizing him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was the craziest thing, man. He's six months old. Like this week he's like turning six months old or like wow. from his due date sort of deal. Time flies. I know. First of all, like, let's unpack that phrase for a second. (laughs) Because, like, I'm holding him right. And his, like, whole thing right now is that he likes to stand. So, like, 
we just like stand him up and like just you know support him a little bit I ended up walking him across my kitchen table oh my god I'm holding him and he's reaching his legs out because he wants to take steps yeah but I'm just like has he supporting his weight and then like going with he hasn't he just he's not supposed to be walking he hasn't even crawled yet oh okay 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 got it He's skipping some stuff. I don't know. I don't, it's so funny because I just like finished my child development class and I'm still (laughs) like, I don't know at what stage kids do what. Like I have no clue. This is all pertinent to the podcast. I know this is all really relevant. Good segues. Anyway, so yeah, like I walked him like three or four steps across my kitchen table before he seemed to get a little bit tired, but. That's wild. And then like my sister-in-law sent me some pictures of him today and like he has like this toy thing mm-hmm. that like is kind of like an overhanging sort of deal so like they're supposed to like lay under it oh or like a mobile not necessarily like mobile but you're on the right track but it's okay. kind of like like it's almost like a little open dome thing okay it's a structure that you know got it <laughs> but anyway so like he has stood himself up using it because like it's made out of wood because you know that's what all the cool parents are doing nowadays because you know no plastics or paints and whatever which is fine totally whatever Mm -hmm. but he's standing himself up on the wood thing like holding on to it she's not supporting him at all he's just standing well I think that she probably had like propped him up on his feet and then he just grabbed onto it and then she just like let go to see like what happened that's wild yeah she was she sent me two pictures of him just like standing on his own I'm just like can you like you were born yesterday? Can you please <laughs> you stop? Just, like, slow down just a little bit. Because like oh, I, I was telling her, I was like, I never understood the phenomena like of you know adults tripping out over kids. I mean, just like, can you like please stop growing up? Like, please time to stop. And mm-hmm. then I see him, I'm just like, yep, I understand now. Mm-hmm. Please time stop. Yeah, like you you've been a baby for two seconds, and you're already trying to walk. I totally get it. Like, and he's, I'm not even like a kid person, but I totally get it because if it's anything like how I felt when like, <laughs> how I felt when like my dog was a puppy, <laughs> like I totally get it. She was so a teeny weeny itty bitty. And then the next thing I know, she's a freaking hog. <laughs> Ugh, yes. Lord. Yeah. So that's essentially it. I'm just kind of like, you're going to be a baby for like two seconds. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's going to be talking to me that's the real trip yeah it was kind of like when I texted her back I'm just like so is he like learning to drive next week or it's so crazy to think how like you especially because you know this is like your nephew Mm -hmm. how you're experiencing him at this like you know infant stage in his life and then thinking like I mean obviously like kids when they're older like at some point they're a little annoying so it's like crazy to think how this like super precious little thing is gonna grow up you know what I mean do you ever think about that I do. I think about it a lot, especially with him, because, like, one thing that it makes me feel, like, very strongly is, like, privileged, actually. Like, the privilege of being able to, like, be in his life, like, as he grows up and being able to witness the whole thing. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to see him grow into an adult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. I'm not planning on going anywhere, (laughs) but, (laughs) like, you know. Hopefully. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I intend on watching him grow into an adult and whatever. I'm just kind of like, it's so crazy to me to think, like, I'm going to experience him through all these different stages and, like, I'll be his aunt, like, yeah. someone from his family. I'm just kind of like, because my whole thing is, like, I mean, I was always, like, really close to my family, mm-hmm. especially if my, you know, 
close family, but like I would, my cousins were always for the most part older. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have a close relationship with like a ton of my cousins. Like I love my cousins for sure. The ones who are closest in age lived a couple states away. So like, I didn't really see them that often. Yeah. So like, I didn't have like, like I wasn't seeing my aunts and uncles all the time. Right, right. Whereas I have the intention of being very seeing, present. Yeah, like seeing in, them all the time. Yeah, because like, you know, my sister on tells me like, hey, like come over on your lunch breaks on Fridays, like to just come hang out with them. It's like, yeah, man, because yeah. I want to be that really present person in his life. Because that's the, that's the craziest thought to me, like being like important to a child in that way. Yeah, totally. That's such a trip. And I'm sure I'll like, I'll also like feel that way when my sister has kids. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm more excited for when my sister has kids than anything else, because like, I don't want that responsibility like on me. Like I want to be able to like have a relationship with a kid and then be able to go home and be like, see you next week. You know, I think it'll be good for you to like ease you, like dip your toe into the water sort of deal, the whole thing, just to, so you could have more of like, you know, an experienced opinion about it yeah and like instead this, of just, just like speculating because this will be like the closest thing probably gets to like you know being your child because it'll be your sister's child exactly it's, it's like, like it's not the same as seeing like your friends as kids or mm-hmm. like you know kids of strangers or whatever like it will have my blood right yeah. the, like the, the crazy thing though is that like I would love to say that it's good little like teaser into parenthood and maybe mm-hmm. even like I want kids and this is this but as my sister said literally like two days ago <laughs> we were all we're, like on the same plane like we're on the yeah. same like stages of life so when right. she has a kid it's probably gonna be around the same exact time that I'm thinking about having a kid so it's like I don't think I'm gonna get that nice little ease into it I would like to I'd love for her well do I want her to get pregnant soon I don't know anyway <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, not a ton has, like, happened in my week, you know, just being at home, playing a lot of Animal Crossing, being in the group chat for your sister and her friends' Animal Crossing stuff. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that you have someone that, like, can actually, like, give you the literally, okay, so, like, if you guys remember from a couple episodes ago when we had Brian on the podcast, we were... I was giving my week update and I was talking about, you know, how the really cool villager had moved to my island and Dre and Ryan were just kind of like, big who cares? And I announced <laughs> I it the trying. other day. I was I trying to be the, supportive. I announced it the other day to Dre's sister and then like the whole gang and whatever. And they were so hyped for me because they understood. Well, they play. I wanted to be hyped for you. I just like, I don't get it. So <laughs> it's, it's not like, Oh man, you have Raymond. That's so cool. Well, anyway. Speaking of Raymond, I'm uh, two episodes from finishing The Promised Netherland. And it is, it's taken a turn. Yes, it has. I, yeah, I'm finishing it tomorrow with Robert. Uh, We have our watch date tomorrow. So we're both like, what's going to happen? So this is his first time watching it too? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we're watching it together because like neither of us had seen it. And I was like, well, my friend wasn't going to watch it. And he was like, well, I want to watch it. And I was like, well, let's watch it together. (laughs) Sounds good. Anyway, okay, so maybe we should move on to the actual topic of our podcast then. Probably. Okay, so as Alex mentioned, we are talking about, like, parent memories, evolving, fr- like, relationships, and then ultimately, like, how we view ourselves as, like, you know, what we would want to do in the future as parents. So let's start with our favorite memories. Alex, you want to go first? Sure. So, like, 
some of the most present like memories for me in my mind especially like with my mom is going on errands with her actually because like basically like I was her constant companion for a long time right because what about your brother though well you know it was kind of a mixed bag of things because like as we're growing up of course when we're too young to be home alone Mm -hmm. you know we always like went with you know me and the boys with my mom to go do things because my mom she stayed at home with us basically until we got into school right essentially so like we were always with her but then like it got to a certain point where like Matt was like kind of old enough to like watch over and like be at home Mm -hmm. and the thing was is that like so we lived on the dairy right so my dad was always technically home Mm -hmm. like he was on the property right right right. it was a little bit different I think that there was a little bit more leeway and being like well since you know dad's really close by you know it's not gonna be such a big deal to like you know I'm not judging at all because I was left at home all the time like (laughs) as a little kid so I'm not judging you at all (laughs) and uh, you know it's quite possible that the days that I'm thinking of were on weekends when my dad wasn't like really working as much and I would just go with my mom to like you know department stores and you Mm -hmm. know grocery shopping and all this stuff yeah but like I have really fond memories of driving around with my mom and she'd be playing like her favorite CDs Mm mm-hmm and we'd be singing along with them together. Oh, I, I think I remember you telling me this in the music podcast, how like a lot of your like early music influences, like, what did you, wait, hold on, don't tell me. It was the, why do I want to say like Aretha Franklin? It was not at all Aretha Franklin. Was it? Really? Oh. Not even close. I remember you saying like the specific music that your mom would play. And why can't I remember who it was? Was it like Dixie Chicks? It was the Dixie Chicks. The okay. artist formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. What are they now? The Chicks? They're now the Chicks. Hmm. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Like, so like listening to the Dixie Chicks, listening to Shania Twain. Shania Twain! That's actually the one I was thinking of. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like those are like really fun memories for me. Like I need to do that. And like the grocery store that we went to when we were on the dairy was this Ralph's that was basically down the street for us. And the really cool thing about Ralph's at the time, because I don't know if other grocery stores did this, but like there were child sized grocery carts. Oh yeah. That, like, I do remember that. You could take around yeah, and like it had like a little yeah. flag like up that yes! said like, you know. Yeah. I totally know exactly thing. what you're talking about. So like she would <laughs> let me. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So she would let me do that. Like we'd mm. go, you know, do that. And cause like my whole thing really is like for both my parents, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but like is me just wanting to like be involved with them. Mm. Cause like I love my parents. Yeah, totally. Loved, love currently, love always my parents. So like getting to like do those things with her and just getting to talk mm, you know, about so everything and everything. Because, like, that was just, like, she just take those moments to, like, just, you know, basically, because, like, I like to make the joke that I'm basically my mom's disciple. Mm. Because, like, I was just always around because, you know, we talk about life things and she's like, oh, well, don't, the, you know, your brothers know? I'm just like, well, I don't know if they know. I know, I know because I was always with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, her teaching me about, like, for example, I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but it's one of my rules about dating. Mm-hmm. and like how I don't you know how I don't like yelling at all yeah like I'm 100% against yelling yeah that's because my mom would always say to me she's like if a guy ever yells at you 
don't you know mess around with that because that means that he'll yell at your kids Mm. like that was like always like her thing I mean not even that of course like myself don't like put myself in that situation but also think about your future kids and stuff so like this is stuff that I was hearing you know like as a kid like she was just giving me all these life's lessons yeah in our gray suburban just driving around all the time and it was always just I love you know being around her and just listening and talking to her yeah totally that's so cute and then it only gets cuter by the way as the list goes down I just need to say really fast so like I love that story that you're saying that she said like never date someone who yells at you because then they'll yell at your kids like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like envision like if (laughs) like I'm trying to imagine like what it'd be like for my mom to tell me that it's just so hilarious because like (laughs) the only form of communication in my household is yelling (laughs) so I'm just like there's (laughs) there's no way like growing up my mom would just constantly yell at us yeah I mean I it's like Obviously, I'm not going to pass judgment on any households that, like, have yelling. It's just that is a role of my family. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, like, totally in line with, like, your guys' like, what's the word? Um, Like, what's, what's like, your feel? Like, your vibe? Your vibe. That's the right word. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my parents are so, like, opposite end. Like, they're so, like, in your face. So I'm just, like, imagining, like, wow, what would it be like with my mom being like, don't yell? <laughs> It'd be a totally <laughs> different upbringing. Well, because, so, like... Okay honestly like because cheerleading was a different thing like having to raise my voice to be cheerleader that was something separate yeah like imagine like you and I like you're like ahead of me somewhere and I need to like call out to you it's hard for me to really yell even in that situation because yelling is so foreign to me Uh uh-huh that like just trying to like it's really hard in my house to like get people's attention because like we don't really like yelling and stuff so you know that whole thing is anyway that's beside the point though right sorry go on with your with the rest of yours so one that I probably should have said first is that my first memory of my mom, mm-hmm. which is like one of the warmest memories I have of her, is I don't know what age I was. I was really young. I was still in a crib because I remember standing up in it. Mm-hmm. So I was probably like maybe like three or four years old or something. And it was my birthday. Hmm. And I had just woken up. And my mom had, like, walked down the hallway, like, from her bedroom, because, like, she had just gotten up as well. Mm -hmm. And she looked in, and she saw that we were awake, or that I was awake, and she, like, comes over to me, and, like, she, like, leans down to, like, where the rail is, and she's, like, with, like, the biggest, like, warmest smile, like, wishes me a happy birthday. It was so so precious. That's cute. Aw, that's nice. Because, like, whenever I think of my mom, like, I think about, like, the warmest feelings ever. Mm. Like, she's just all warmth and kindness and love, really yeah a mom's mom right so then um one really good moment with my dad that I remember so which is really funny because I actually had this for dinner tonight so it all kind of like works together so one meal that my dad really likes to have like when we're all kind of eating independent things Mm -hmm. is my dad likes to eat I think they're the brand is banquet but it's chicken pot pies like frozen chicken pot pies so like he'll warm them up in the oven and eat that and I remember as a kid, because, like, he's eaten this my entire life. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, like, he would have that. And it would smell so good and whatever. And, of course, because I'm me, I just want to be, like, involved with my parents, especially, yeah. like, my dad. Yeah. Because, like. Yeah, you and I your hate, dad are, like, two peas. I hate the. You're going to be. It's funny that you say that. But um, I hate this expression because I don't. You know how I feel about calling parents mommy or daddy. Like, right. it's just icky to me. 
Sure. But I am like 100% a daddy's girl. Right. That is just a core part of my personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, I would just want to be involved like with that whole thing and just like you want to like bond with my dad and whatever so like the components of this chicken pot pie like most chicken pot pies the chicken potatoes carrots and peas Mm -hmm. so I would sit on my dad's lap when he would eat these pies and he would feed me his peas oh that's cute so when you said we were two peas in a pie, it was kind of like, like we're two peas. <laughs> which is really funny. Two because, peas like, in a pie. Yeah. <laughs> which is really funny because they didn't, my parents both didn't know until I was basically an adult, like recently, mm-hmm. that I don't actually like peas. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I'm just trying to be with my dad. Really? So I was funny. just trying to be with my dad. That's so funny. So I'd eat his peas even though I didn't like them. Oh, that's really sweet. Which is a true testament because, you know, especially like when you had met me, I was still kind of a picky eater and I was yeah. only worse back then. So Aww. you need to like tell your dad and your mom to like listen to like this like section of the podcast, like solely so they could hear like the cute little things you're saying. So yeah. And then the the next one, which I'm just like, I'm going to have to like force myself not to get misty even just like thinking about it like oh, i'm drinking water right now okay so one really cute thing that i did as a kid that i didn't realize was going to be like a moment in my life mm-hmm. was so i don't remember whose wedding it was but it was someone on my mom's side of the family their wedding and i was going to be a flower girl in it okay well i was a flower girl in it and, like, that was the first wedding I remember going to. So I was, like, super jazzed about the whole thing because I thought it was the coolest thing. And I had gotten in my head, and I was really young. Like, I was probably under eight. So I was pretty young. I gotten it in my head that, you know, well, I'm going to get married someday. So I need to practice my father-daughter dance. Oh, my God. That's so cute. So <laughs> at the wedding or just no, like, like this is after, cause this is something I've seen at the wedding. Oh, I see. Okay. So like afterwards, like sometime afterwards, like I, I guess talked my dad into like practicing dancing with me and like I put on the flower girl dress mm-hmm. and like danced on his feet. That's so cute. To practice our father. You? Oh, I was young, like probably like six or seven or something. That's so cute. So I, we practiced my father daughter dance. I'm sure your dad loved that. Like that's probably one of his favorite memories too. Yeah, I'm just kind of like I was thinking about it. Like as I was writing this, I'm like I had no idea at the time. And I'm just like I probably like created like this like memory. Yeah, that's so sweet. Oh, Alex, are there pictures? No, it was just me and him in the living room. Oh, well, that in a way that's sweeter. Aw, I love it. Do you have any more? Or is that it? That was well, all like, I had on my yeah, list. Yeah, that you wrote down, right. I'm sure you <laughs> have was, plenty of more memories. Yeah, I was like, every time with my parents is a good time. But yeah, those Absolutely. are my my top things. My top memories that stand out in my mind. That's so cute. I was so happy to like be a part of that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So like mine, um, mine are also kind of like similar to what you're saying. Like I spent a ton of time with my parents growing up, like kind of inadvertently because like, well, one, when I was little, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And it wasn't until I was in second grade that she went back. Well, she went back to school and then she went back to work. Yeah. But before that, like, she was at home all the time. And so one of the, like, most significant things that I remember is, like, being, well, I didn't go to preschool because my mom was, like, 
you don't need to go to preschool. Like <laughs> you're so smart and I'm just going to yeah. teach you at home and like, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really funny, which have I told you the story about how like my kindergarten teacher thought I was dumb? No. Okay. Sorry. This is, this is, not, <laughs> this is not part of my story right now, but I need to tell this really fast because my mom has like endless anger. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So like, okay. Yeah. So she didn't send me to preschool because she was like, I was like a really like what's high achieving like toddler I guess Mm -hmm. and like I really picked up on things like really quickly so like before I was in kindergarten I was already like able to read books on my own and like write entirely on my own like I was like ahead of it you know like I didn't need to be taught anymore because I already knew Mm -hmm. um so the first day of kindergarten I like go into class and like my teacher's like, okay, like here's a piece of paper. Like there's some lines, like feel free to write your name and like something fun about yourself. And then she's just like, oh, and if you don't know how to write yet, that's okay. Like you could just like, you know, draw, draw the lines, you know? I was about to say, just like write something fun about yourself in kindergarten. Are you fine? Something like that. Like, I mean, it was like, we had to write something, you know, like you write your name and like something else. Um, and obviously, cause I'm just like, I already know how to do this. I do this all the time. Like I can write full sentences, you know? And all I heard is like, oh, you can draw if you want. And so me being like the kid that I was, I was like, oh, fun. I'm going to draw. But it was really like, you know, like a gauge of like, who's in the class, who needs extra help, who like is already advanced. Yeah. And so here I am like, just like doodling in the freaking lines. And so my teacher is just like, oh, she needs to be put in like the bottom of the class, you know, extra help. She needs extra help. And my mom's like, are you freaking kidding me like I spent (laughs) years teaching you just for you to doodle in class I was like what she told me we could (laughs) anyways that's not the story I was gonna say but wait wait wait. before you move on I'm pretty sure I said this to you before but because we're speaking of kindergarten and such related things Mm -hmm. I've told you right that on my first day of kindergarten because I knew like how to write and you know read my name as well yeah that in the first day of kindergarten, my teacher took me to my desk and it's like, oh, here's your desk. And I looked at him just like, that's not my desk. That's not my name. Oh my they, God, I don't remember this. No. Because they had put Alexandria on the oh, name plate. Oh, that's funny. So I'm just like, I, I went up to it. I'm just like, that's that's not my name. And they're just like, why? I'm just like, it's not my name. That's so funny. And then what did they do? Like, whatever ended up happening? I think that, you know, later on, like, once my mom came to pick me up or something, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, Alexandra. That's so (laughs) Not Alexandria. Speaking to that same exact vein, so my (laughs) ex-boyfriend, JT, whatever. Anyways, Uh he, so his name isn't JT. It's John, right? Right. But, like, his, I, for the life of me, cannot remember his middle name, but it's something with a T. And so they called him JT, like right now, because his, his dad's name is also John. Right. So like, you know, what instead of calling him Junior, it's just like JT, whatever. And right. so from like very young, all he knew his name was, was JT. And so like his mom used to tell me the story how like on his first day of kindergarten, she like sent him to school with like a, like a, a brown paper bag, his lunch. And she had written like John McLucky on it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he like came home and like I forget what happened but like she like some someone told her that like they were just like he didn't eat lunch today and she was like why didn't you eat lunch he's just like because I didn't have a lunch bag and she's like it's right here he's like my name is JT <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like the funniest cutest story I've ever heard I was just like oh man that's good Price that really is funny anyway we really diverted I didn't even like get to the point like my first point because no nope. tangent 
okay so my first point was that my mom was always at home and like you know she didn't have like a super ton to do when I was a kid because like I was pretty like I was a pretty good kid like I was really obedient I was self-sufficient like if she told me to do something I would like go do it you know I wasn't really needy Mm -hmm. um and then my sister she was already in school my dad was working all day so it was literally just like me and her at the house and so she had like she picked up a lot of hobbies um while she was at home and I like some of my earliest memories were like I remember she used to do a lot of painting Mm -hmm. and like fun fact my mom is like a really really good painter and I remember that's where you all get it from that's where Danielle gets it from don't Um, (laughs) but like I remember one time she was like doing still life like she had like this like vased plant and she was like painting the vase plant and like I remember watching her do it and like mixing colors and like working with the different mediums and like it was so amazing and then like on top of that I also remember she like completely from scratch like made like a um what is it called like a like bench swing like she like woodworked like she completely made it from scratch like bought the wood like had a saw like measured it all out like that is interesting yeah she made a whole and it was a giant bench like it wasn't like a tiny little chair it was a bench and it like swayed and everything and I was like what the hell and I remember her making it like from scratch and it's so amazing like thinking back to it now because I'm just like who were you you know like I can't even begin to think how I would start picking up woodworking while I'm like watching over a child but yeah, so like my mom like used to do really amazing things like that. Not that she doesn't anymore. She didn't after that. But like, I remember like as a kid watching her and just being really in awe. Yeah. And even now, like when I think back to it, I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and then like my dad. So my dad, he had like a really big time job in LA. He was like a director of people services for LUSD, which is like one of the biggest school districts in like our state mm-hmm. um, in this in the in the country, really. But anyways, um. So he would come home like really late because on top of like him having like a really big wig job, he worked in downtown LA and like we live in the suburbs of West Covina or like we lived in the suburbs of West Covina. Right. And so like that's not a fun drive. Like that is a very long drive, especially in rush hour. So like he would come home super, super late every day. And I remember specifically like when I was little and I would hear the garage open, I remember like running out to his car every day and being like, like dad dad like what'd you bring me what'd you bring me you know and like he would always like bring me little things home like things that weren't like big gifts but he would like always find things around his office like he like found this little keychain one time he like brought me this keychain or like he found this like little plush bear that was like this big and he brought me the bear and like he would just always bring me little things and I was like always so excited I was like dad what'd you bring me today and like I don't know why like I remember that so well but I was like oh that's so I remember like that being really like a highlight of my day is when my dad was so cute I know um and then also so this is actually something that I it's kind of like one of my favorite memories but it also makes me sad in a way but like not for the reason that one might think but um so when I was in like kindergarten through second grade before my mom went back to school um she used to drop us off to school obviously and I remember that before I would get dropped off, like she would have us in the van and like she would park and she'd be like, okay, like before you get out, like you have to say your affirmations mm-hmm. and like me being like in kindergarten, first grade, she'd like make me be like, I'm the best. Like I'm smart. I'm number one. I can do this. You know, like we would say affirmations in the car, like as like a kindergartner, right. like I remember in my early days of elementary school, like I was really, really like high achieving. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like in first grade, they were already like uh selecting kids to like go into the gate program and stuff and so like 
I was selected and like, I was doing all this, like, you know, super honors homework, whatever. Um, and then in second grade, when my mom went back to work or when she went back to school and then eventually went back to work, like she stopped dropping us off and we started getting dropped off by like, um, you know, Tanya, mm-hmm. my sister's best friend at the time, her mm-hmm. mom used to like, just pick us all up and like drop us off, you know, like bus style. And ever since my mom went back to work, like I really took a turn for the worse. Like <laughs> I, like I, my academics really hit the toilet until like middle school, like seventh grade is when I like figured it out and like it all went up, you know, it was all right. going up from there. But like from second grade till seventh grade, like I was really, really like not doing it. And it's like sad because I'm like, oh my God, like me being little, it was really traumatizing when my mom like went back to work and I was an adult. I'm like so happy she did because like, that's not fulfilling. Like both of her kids are at school. Like why is she just at the house by herself? You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm really happy that she did that. But like as a kid, like it was really hard for me to like transition, especially because I was so close to her. Well, Um, yeah, go ahead. It's so before you move on from the affirmations thing, because I think Mm -hmm. that a really interesting topic because like not like you told me about the whole affirmation thing before and I think that's actually a really good thing yeah because it's not like necessarily my parents did the same thing for me like having me do like affirmations but like I feel like part of my performance throughout my life really like just in school and in work and all this whatever is based on the given in my household, which is all you kids mm-hmm. are smart, mm-hmm. all you kids are capable, no one can tell you you can't do something. Like, it was, like, when we would, like, like rooted in you. Right, so, like, when we perform, and especially with that way, because my mom, of course, is very, like, much, like, the cheerleader sort, like, you know, you could do it, all that stuff. Yeah. But, the, like, the really cool thing, like, with my dad is, like, he was always, whenever, like, he would hear you know any of the stuff about us his response to it was like well of course because mm-hmm. that was he treated it as a given yeah like it's a given that you are going to do well it's a given that your teachers say good things about you it is a given that you know Matt was salutatorian and you know all that stuff like he was always you know in those moments saying that he was very proud of us but at the same time he was like of course yeah you guys totally are you know doing that so, like, you know, the impact that, like, it had on you as a kid and it had on me, like, throughout my life to be told by our parents, you can succeed, you yeah. will succeed, but, like, you are smart, you are capable. It's, like, really, I think that's, like, a really vital part to, like, parenting is, like, that belief and, like, instilling that belief in your child that, like, they believe it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of, like, for, I don't know, for me, it was, like, extremely positive. I would never say it was negative, but I feel like I construed it in kind of a negative way in some senses like and this might just be my personality type because I'm so hyper type a and like it's like (laughs) insufferable but like for example when I graduated college or like high school or like got my master's like I had zero feeling of like pride or like accomplishment or like anything like that because I was just like of like okay, like, I can't believe it took me this long to get here. Like, I was expected to do this so long ago, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I achieved anything because I'm just like, okay, finally, I've reached where I need to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not like I've done something amazing. It's just like, I have finally caught up. I can understand that because, I mean, you know, I'm pretty close to the same way that you are yeah. about things like that. So I also understand, like, because 
to us like a certain after a certain point in time a certain level of achievement like in your own mind becomes like the expected like of course I'm going to you know graduate from college and like get mm-hmm. this job or whatever so it's you know more so like oh when is it going to happen instead right. of if it happen exactly yeah although I will say that one thing that's always like just been something separate for me mm-hmm. it's probably because like you know there's two different types of support that you know I got from my parents which is you know my mom's like you know constant like affirmations really right that's just who my mom is right she just the compliments and love overflow with all the time yeah and it was always there of course for my dad but like like the true like compliments that come from him like hit so much differently for me totally so like whenever like he tells me that like directly that he's proud of me like it's like just one of those moments that's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel I feel that like I feel that way with my mom actually I remember specifically like so this is so insignificant like it's so not important at all but mm-hmm. when in our sophomore year is when I won the West region ITA tournament for tennis. And like, what does that mean? It really doesn't mean anything. It just means that like there's (laughs) regions in the country and I won the West region for division three. And it's really not that big of a deal. Like it is, it is a pretty good accomplishment. Like it was significant for our school because no one had ever done it before, but like in retrospect, it wasn't the biggest deal. And so when I won, I like came off the court and I was like, totally fine. I'm like, yeah, like I did that. Da, 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 da. And then my mom comes up to me and she hugs me and she's just like, I'm so proud of you. And like her, like her <laughs> voice kind of wavered and I <laughs> lost it. Like I was sobbing, like into her shirt, like sobbing. And I remember one of another girl that played for like another school in the conference, she like came up to congratulate me and she was like, Hey, like Dre, you know, like congrats. And I'm literally just like, oh, you know, like crying into my mom. <laughs> Right? I'm just like oh my god how embarrassing like this girl's just like okay like this girl's making it such a bigger deal than it needs to and I'm like it really isn't it's just that my mom told me she was proud <laughs> uh, so I totally get that <laughs> yeah, for sure. all right go to your next point before we get I'm off sorry yeah. sorry this is my last point for this section but um another like one of my f- absolute fondest memories actually which which kind of has like a downside in a way is all the travel that I did with my parents because of tennis mm-hmm. because so like I don't know how it is for a lot of others but I like I know that there's like travel soccer and travel softball and stuff but like for tennis specifically like every single tournament is traveling like there's not it's not like you have a league it's not like you play in Covina or something you know what I mean it's like there are tournaments happening in Southern California and you have to just go to whatever tournament you want to play, you know? Mm -hmm. So like one weekend we'll be in like Long Beach and then the next weekend we'll be in Palm Springs and the next weekend we'll be in San Diego, you know? And it's just like, wherever you decide to go is where you're going. Um, And so I did a a ton of traveling during like my adolescence. Mm -hmm. And at the time I really kind of hated it because I hated tennis or like, I, so I thought I hated tennis. But like now looking back to it, like some of my absolute best times and memories were on those like tennis trips, like especially to Palm Springs because my parents and I didn't give them credit like at the time, but like now, like I cannot be more thankful to them, but like every single time that we would go to Palm Springs, every single time we would go anywhere where we had to spend a night in like a hotel, they would like go out of their way to like make it fun for me. 
Mm-hmm. Like we would always go have dinner at a nice place. And then we like, they take me to the movies and like, I could choose any movie I wanted to watch. And like, you know, like we would go look around at the shops and like, we would just make a whole thing out of it. And it was only like one weekend, you know, like two days or something. And like, they would like make it like a little mini vacation for me. And it's so nice because like, I've, I can literally like just go through like tons and tons and tons of memories I have from all the trips that we took. Um, and the kind of downside to it is that like, I really wish that my sister had a part in it all because she didn't like my sister to this day, like still like, like, you know, like sustains that she hates sports. She hates tennis. She hates all that. So like, I think my entire life, she's maybe watched me play like three, four times (laughs) and, it really makes me sad one because like I wish my sister would support me but like that's beside the point but like two because like I really wish she had those experiences with me like even if she didn't like it like if she would have just come with us and like you know like I said like half the time we're not playing tennis like we were just like making memories you know and she was like and it's and it's also like a developmental thing like uh, her own processing thing because like we've talked about it as adults and she's like you know kind of like come to terms that it's not necessarily that we have outcasted her but maybe she like portrayed onto us that we outcasted her because she didn't like sports and that's what we were all into and like so Mm -hmm. she felt like the outcast but like all of us were like come with us and she's like no because you don't want to do it you don't like it's it was like a cyclical thing right um but like if I could do it all over like I wish that they're like my parents would have forced her to come you know right which I feel like they were they thought that they were doing the right thing to like let her not come but now like you know hindsight's 2020 right I mean, it sounds like, you know, she's starting, like, the healthier processes of, like, just dealing, like, with that stuff and, like, understanding it. So, I guess, you know, obviously, I would have wanted that for you guys as well to have done it all together because I'm sure that would have been preferable, you know, to everyone. But, you know, as you said, the hindsight's 2020. What can you do about it now? At least it's not something that, like, she's still harboring. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling a way about that's exactly the thing that's like I, I'm glad that like now we've been able to talk about it and be like no it's not that we didn't want you around us it's just that we felt you didn't want to be around us you know what I mean right like it's funny too because back before I played tennis and I played soccer and sometimes we'd have like travel soccer games where we would like go different places and that's when we were a little bit younger so like my parents did make Danielle come with us to those because like they're not gonna leave like a 13 year old alone at the house you know right um and like those memories are so fun like me and my <laughs> sister always talk about them we're always just like remember when like those birds had diarrhea on you and mom like because there's like these birds that like flew over my sister and my mom when they were watching and like seriously they had like some food poisoning or something like they yeah. just unleashed on them <laughs> and like just things like that like we have so many like good memories of them I'm just like man like we could have had that like all throughout my adolescence but you know it's fine anyway let's move on to the next segment here just one comment i want to make before we move on because i about the diary (laughs) no about about tennis Uh i just like to point out you know as being your friend for a long time yeah over eight years yeah a long time it's so funny to me about how so late in the game i didn't know that you like it really had this like really intense love hate relationship with tennis Mm -hmm. until a lot later than i you know you would think yeah like like really after like several years after we both graduated college and I'm just like oh so you actually hated tennis a lot sometimes Mm -hmm. well it's because like it's not it's like hard 
how do I put this? It's truly it's, love hate because there is some love, but there's also some hate. Oh, there's a lot of hate. But the thing is, it's like, okay, here's my take on that. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that's a good point. But I, so for, like you said, to your point, we're, we've been friends for many, many years. Yeah. And even you have only come to see me play like maybe once or twice. Yeah. And I feel like the reason for like that and like the reason for me not talking necessarily like wholeheartedly with my friends about like my relationship with tennis is because I'm like somewhat embarrassed by the whole thing like I have always felt like tennis wasn't a cool sport and like it was a country club sport and like it was like only the nerdy kids played it and it's kind of like that feeling was perpetuated by the way that certain sports and we've talked about this how certain sports are treated in like high school settings and even college settings Mm -hmm. you know how like they're kind of like ostracized put off to the side people don't go to support it And so, like, I feel like it took me a long time to just, like, accept the, like, who cares what people think, you know? So I feel like I didn't talk about it with anyone because I was just like, I just don't want to talk about my relationship with tennis at all, you know, like, in general. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not shocking that you're just like, I found it out so late in the game. Yeah, because it's like, you know, because we've been such good friends for such, like, a long amount of time. It's like, how could I possibly have missed this? Yeah. No, it's not you. It's me. (laughs) But anyway, okay, let's move on to our evolving relationship with our parents over the years. You go first, Alex. All right, cool. So I think, you know, really the overarching theme of my relationship with my parents that was especially true when I was a child is really just wanting to do anything that would make them happy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was really like the biggest motivation for, because like one thing that my parents are especially proud of Mm-hmm is they you know are so proud of all three of us for being just really so well behaved throughout our lives Mm -hmm. like we really weren't a problem ever totally we didn't really fight with each other at all like we had you know disagreements here and there but like really nothing like too major Mm -hmm. we really you know as siblings liked each other the whole time and didn't give our parents you know much grief especially even when we were teenagers we just didn't right like we were pretty well behaved the entire time And I know for me personally, because I can't speak for my brothers, for me, it was because I have a very deep rooted desire to not disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to make them happy. Totally. Which, you know, the reasons for which I didn't really understand when I was a kid, and I'll get into it in the adulthood part of this evolution later. But, you know, at that point, my whole base like mode was like, I want to make my parents happy. Mm hmm. And I just want to like have happy times with them, which I always did because, you know, we were a pretty happy-go-lucky family. So like that was really, you know, my whole thing about, I guess, not misbehaving because I was just, I was terrified of disappointing them. Yeah. Which is ludicrous, really. Is it though? Like, I get it. Like, I get that like fear of like, but here's the thing. It's like, I'll get into it. It's ludicrous in the sense that like your parents aren't going to be disappointed with you. Right. But it's not because I understand that anxiety of like, I want to make them proud. Right. I think it's a very legitimate like feeling to have. Yeah, it all for sure is legitimate. I'm not saying that it's not legitimate, but like, it's exactly what you said. Like, there's nothing it could have done. Yeah. That what they would have been like, due to your Well, (laughs) if you're like Jeffrey Dahmer, like maybe, but (laughs) anything any sane person would do, they wouldn't be disappointed. So... I mean, so that, that's, you know, my childhood really is, you know, just wanting to do 
all things yeah to make them happy because like really you know I just always wanted them to be proud of me yeah for sure like that's just it mm-hmm. want that well and that one of my mom's favorite things and like if you were to ask her this like what's your favorite memory of Alex like or what's one of your favorite memories of Alex growing up she'll tell mm-hmm. you this which I think that she is under the impression embarrasses me, but as we've previously discussed, nothing really embarrasses me. Okay. But it's like really like near and dear to her heart. So she was tucking me in one night and I don't remember like the context around it really, but like she'd like just read a book to me or something and like she tucked me in and apparently I had, like she was saying goodnight and afterwards like I hugged myself and said, I feel so loved. Oh, that's so cute. She'll that's not embarrassing. That. It's just cute. Well, I don't know. I don't know why she would think I would be embarrassed about it, but whatever. She'll like tell that story to anyone who will want to hear it. Yeah, that's anyone so who like has you know any hearing left, she'll tell you. Because <laughs> I've heard it many times in the past couple of years being brought up. Parents love to do that. They like latch onto their favorite attribute of you, and they're just like, "Who can I tell this to?" That and how I used to apparently give monkey hugs because I'd like cling to her, mm-hmm. like with my arms and legs. Okay, be like so into the hug. She was. Re- I think she really misses like the way that we all used to like hug be her really back when we were kids. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I would do the monkey hugs like that, mm-hmm. and then Jacob would do bear hugs. Oh, that's cute. And I think Matt I would it. just hug her. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. That's it. Baseline. Anyway, um, so like there's like that sort of feeling right to like my childhood so that was I think really good for all of us really and then probably starting around well I'm not probably starting sixth grade and going into my teenage years it was more so a certain amount of I guess distance in the sense of like I for whatever reason got into the, my head that I needed to emotionally take care of myself okay it's Which, hormones it's not that you got into your head it's hormones that got into your head well it started my bad habit of not wanting to talk about things that upset me mm. which is still something that I carry into adulthood so right. not great right so like I think that was a lot based in you know what we're talking about like the f- very real fear of disappointing my parents not that I was doing anything that was disappointing but just kind of like but what if right yeah so, like, I mean, we always, me and my parents had a good relationship, so I'm never going to say that, like, there was ever a point in time, like, where we weren't good or whatever, but, like, I think while I was a teenager is when I was my most distant emotionally. Yeah. Just because I didn't want to talk about my things, really. Mm-hmm. And because I was being a little bit of an angsty teenager and, you know, not being like, no one understands me mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, going through that, which is whatever. And then in college... It was like you know the same distance makes the heart grow fonder yeah it was like I think that was a good like transition like period for me because like you guys know of course you know those who knew me in college I would go home every oh Friday God. yeah and return on Sunday like in the afternoon right. I would never stay for a weekend right because I had to go home mm-hmm. I had to see my family mm-hmm. we Especially had work my also well yeah that was part of it but like I would have wanted to go home anyway right because I I need to be around my family like that's one thing like you know people have asked me like here and there like would you ever move to another state or whatever and I'm just kind of like listen 
all I really need is to be around my family. I don't want to move away from them. I don't want to be that far away ever. Right. I just want to always be around because like that was like what I grew up with is, you know, always being around family. Like I went to my grandparents' house every Sunday. Can I give you a hypothetical really fast? Sure. What if like, let's say like your parents both retire and they like ultimately decide to move to like Idaho, what would you do? You want to know the real answer to that question? You would move with them? Because they wouldn't do it. Like I know, but like, were- but like hypothetically, if they did, um, I think that would have to be a bigger discussion, like with my siblings as well, and like if they're moving at all, mm. because my life is in Southern California. Like, right. Besides the whole my family thing, like my friends are here, my job's here. This is where I'd like to be. Right. And also because I just love the weather down here. Absolutely, can't beat it. Exactly. So can I give you one more than hypothetical? Okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay. So what if you like get married and like, he's like the love of your life, perfect person, your parents love him, your family loves him. And like for work, he has to move to like Tennessee or something. So that would also kind of be a bigger discussion as well, but here's actually what I wanted to like bring into the other hypothetical. Mm-hmm. is that my parents have already like they're on record saying that they're not going to move anywhere unless it's with their kids okay so they wouldn't go off to Idaho on their own mm. although I think that my dad would probably like to well both of them really would like to my mom wouldn't be able to survive a winter out there mm. for sure not a question at all <laughs> sorry mom yeah. if you're listening to this you're not gonna be able to do it <laughs> I've told you this to your face but you could hear it here too but anyway um so if I were to move to another state, which I would do with extreme reluctance, but obviously, you know, if I were to get married and, you know, that sort of thing happens then it's understandable, such is life. You can't get everything you want, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I mean, depending on what things were like with my siblings, it would be on the table for them to move as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I've, because, ta- I've talked about this with Aaron a lot, actually. And, yeah. like, we've discussed, like, if we would ever move. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I would actually be open to moving to a different state, depending on what state it is. Like, I would never, like, me personally, I would never move to, like, Arizona or, like, Texas or, like, the South. Mm-hmm. Because that's not, that's not, I'm you're not going to mm-hmm. find me there. But, like, if Aaron were to, like, get a job, let's say, in, like, Washington or Oregon or something, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> So anyway, sorry. We're totally <laughs> fine. With your thoughts. But yeah, I think, you know, we'd have to move as a family compound. Mm. I think that'd be a group decision. Well, at least I would say for me and my parents. Yeah. Obviously, well, because I know that, you know, it's been brought up once or twice between like my twin brother and my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately the reason why they haven't is because they actually do want to stay by family. Right. Yeah, it's like, hard move. like that's my whole thing that I talked like talked about at the beginning of this whole podcast with my nephew, just like I want to be an aunt who's around, right? And yeah. I want you know if I were to have children someday, you would you want know, them to be around. Yeah, I'd want them to be around their cousins. I want totally. them because yeah, I'll get into that later. But anyway, so yeah, so I think that you know being at school for four days a week because like I would my whole thing during college is I didn't want any Friday classes really ever. So the most I would compromise to is having a Friday morning class, but then like leaving right after class, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also because I would always work 
Friday nights and Saturday nights. Like that was like my work schedule back then. Mm-hmm. So there was that as well. Yeah. Anyway. And then like one thing that, you know, is really a big thing for my relationship, especially with my dad is every Sunday he would walk me to my car to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like my mom would just say goodbye to me at my house and like my brother would too because my brother was living at home at the time. Right. My dad would always walk me to my car and I'll tell you what, it always felt sad mm-hmm. every single time. That's so sweet though. It you was really hard. relationship is so cute. <laughs> Thanks. It was really hard my freshman year of college though. Like in the beginning, that was a really hard goodbye every Sunday. Yeah. And it never, I, I mean, it, it got easier, but it was never, it was always sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's really nice because, you know, I still live at home, you know, due to different circumstances, quarantining, whatever. Like, I'm planning on moving out, you guys, at some point. There's I'm no not- judgment, Alex. <laughs> I, I feel like there's still at home. I wish I could live with my parents still, but I'm Isn't married like a loser. <laughs> I have a husband. <laughs> Isn't that funny a second, like how that stigma has turned around? Because like, as we were growing up, it was kind of like the thing, like if you're like an adult living with your parents, you were kind of a loser. Yeah, which, but now it's like, I wish I was living with my parents. <laughs> which I'm just kind of like, I'm an adult with like a full-time job, you know, pays my bills and whatever, but I, I just happen to live with my parents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's, I think it's also like exactly what you said. It's just like different generational stigmas. Right. So I'm glad that that's not so much a thing anymore, but I do still feel a little bit defensive about it. Mostly because I'm just like, hey, y'all, I'm not a loser, but whatever. Anyway, so moving on. So that like kind of takes into like adulthood a little bit. Like one thing I really like with my adult relationship with my parents is just like, one, once you stop being, you know, over emotional and like, growing up teenager or whatever in like early 20s is like you start to understand why your parents made some of the decisions that they made and like absolutely as you were growing up yeah because like my whole thing which you know I'll say every single time is like you know I might not have always agreed with everything with my parents all the time but I can understand their motivation and just wanting me to be safe mm-hmm and wanted to make sure, you know, that I was okay, that I was going to, like, turn out okay, because, like, you know, I was always, like, from the time I was in high school until now, I just had always a really busy life, I was always really involved in things I didn't, like, my other friends didn't, weren't involved in a ton of sports, like I was, like, because cheerleading was an all-year-round sport, not a seasonal sport, Mm -hmm. so, like, my friends got to do cool things together, and I'm just like, well, I got cheerleading, or then I got work, Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when I got my big kid job, I had that job as well. So it's like always being busy. And like, that was a priority for my parents was for me to be well-rounded. So that's why I was always in sports and, you know, doing all these different things and having a job and whatever. And, you know, ultimately I can't fault them for it. Totally. 100%. <laughs> like, at this point, like I understand. And like, there was one time where I was visiting like some family in Idaho and whatever. And like, my cousin was having a little bit of an attitude thing. And I'm just kind of like, listen about her parents I was like listen there is nothing wrong with having parents that love you so much yeah because I mean just like that's something that and I I think every kid needs to like come to grips with at some point you know well most kids because obviously there are some situations in which there aren't loving parents which I'm so sorry yeah but like I would like to think that for the average you know parent-child relationship it's important at some point to realize that you know 
for better or for worse, if their motivation was because they love you so much, then you really can't hold it against them. Totally, 100%. I entirely agree. Not that I ever really held anything against them because I definitely didn't, but I'm just kind of like, even, you know, now with like the different things, like my parents don't like it when I stay out too late, which is like, Mm -hmm. hey, I understand that you want to make sure I'm not dead in a ditch somewhere. Right, right, right. I, as you know, an adult can respect that and respect your wishes because it's like, you know, like when things were normal, Mm -hmm. the latest I'll probably stay out, like I'll probably like roll home at like, two or two thirty in the morning mm-hmm. back when I was a little bit younger now I wouldn't do that as much just because I'm old and you know want to sleep yeah but you know when I was you know post-college and whatever I would hang out until like two o'clock in the morning and just come home by like 2 30 mm-hmm. but I'd never push it really past that because I feel like at that point it's getting a little inappropriate I don't want my parents to stress out because I know it's hard for my mom to sleep when she knows that I'm not home right so you know just doing things actively to try to like take care of each other instead of your parents just taking care of you. Totally. Because not that I do like, not that I take care of my parents so much because I definitely don't. And, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have the parents that I do and whatever, but trying my best to return the favor. Cause yeah. I feel like that's, you know, my biggest thing in how I live my life now is trying to like, pay forward all that they've done for me and all that they've given me totally like that's because all I feel towards them is you know tremendous love obviously and gratitude Mm -hmm. because they like sent me and my brothers to private school for all of my life for sure because Laverne was a private school right you know for most of my brother's lives like and that, you know, has some money attached to it. Absolutely. <laughs> like Some yeah. money? Totally. So yeah, like, you know, they prioritized, you know, us in that way. They're just kind of like, I'm just so terribly grateful for all the things that they've done for me, for all the choices that they made, for, you know, giving me the opportunity to, like, for one, because, you know, with my paternal grandparents, like, they took us over to my paternal grandparents' house every Sunday. And I mm-hmm. think about how special that relationship was, And I wouldn't have had that if they hadn't thought that was a priority. Right. And I would have been, I would have been worse for it as a Mm -hmm. person. So I'm just like, I can't like, cause I like to say to my parents, like whenever, like they feel like I had such a big achievement and whatever, I'm just kind of like, listen, you know, I know that this is a thing that I did and that's great that, you know, you recognize me for that, but I'm just like all my achievements, you have a part of that too. Totally. Like, it's not just me I didn't get here you know just by accident like you, you got, got me here. here yeah totally 100% so like that's kind of how I try to treat my parents now because I I'd like to think that I make them feel appreciated mm-hmm. that you know all these things that they did throughout my entire life you know didn't go unnoticed yeah because I, I couldn't that. have I couldn't have asked for better parents so yeah cute <laughs> that's I feel like everything that you've been saying today is just such like a nice heartwarming little like (laughs) feel but anyways okay I I will move on to mine and I feel like we have a lot of similarities in our progressions with our relationships with our with our parents over the years um so when I was little Mm -hmm. I was like really really attached to my dad Mm-hmm. like to the point where I don't know why I would say this like it wasn't anything weird like it's gonna I'm gonna say it and it's gonna sound weird but it really wasn't weird but like okay. I would always say that like my dad is my husband 
<laughs> and like I I think I just said that because like I meant that I loved him so much okay sure like nothing weird ever right but, like, yes I would always just be like attached to my dad you know like I was just right. like I love him I love him I love him and then my mom also obviously but I feel like when I was little I was like much more of like kind of what you're saying like a daddy's girl mm-hmm. and then it really kind of changed like significantly as I grew up because like when I was in adolescence like when I was in my teenage years as I've mentioned in a previous podcast I was kind of like I wasn't a nightmare in the sense of like I was really rebelling and like doing all these awful things um because I wasn't like I was a really good kid I would get straight A's you know I would do everything my parents told me and like I never did any sort of like illicit activities but like I really rebelled in the sense of like relationship with my parents Mm -hmm. like I totally was trying to like excommunicate them from my life in all the ways that I could and it kind of has to do a lot with like one you're a teenager you know and like I feel like every teenager goes through that phase where like they're like I want my independence and whatever you're not the best of me whatever but then on top of that I also like and I think I've mentioned this in a prior podcast maybe I haven't but um I've also lived a good portion of my life with undiagnosed PCOS And for anyone who doesn't know what PCOS is, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And basically what it is, it's like kind of an umbrella diagnosis for a lot of different um, like medical issues that one can have. And one of them is like hormonal imbalances. And so for a huge portion of my life, I had significant hormonal imbalances, which threw my personality into like, I don't want to say bipolar because Mm -hmm. I wasn't bipolar, but like, I was just so incredibly like Mm hot-headed, the smallest thing. And I was just like, it's the end of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was like kind of a combination of like, one, I'm trying to find my independence. Two, I hated, well, I didn't hate my parents. So like, I resented them because they were forcing me to play tennis and I hated tennis. (laughs) (laughs) Three, I was living with undiagnosed PCOS, which is really something interesting because there was like one point in my like high school when I was like a junior in high school and I was so over all of the different like symptoms I was experiencing because I was like having like really bad acne I had bad mood things I had bad periods I had like excessive body hair and like I was just finally to my mom I was just like mom I need to go to the doctor because I have a hormonal imbalance like I straight up told her that <laughs> and so she made me an appointment to the doctors and I told like I went into the doctor and I told the lady, I was just like, I think I have a hormonal imbalance because this is this. And she basically was just like, no, you're just being like a, like a overdramatic teenager. You're fine. Like she didn't mm-hmm. run a single test on me. She was just like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to a few years after that. And I was just like, okay, I have so much scarring from acne and like all this stuff. I want to go to a dermatologist so I can get like, like removal, like treatment, like laser or whatever. And the dermatologist, after looking at my skin and looking at like just like all the other things I was going through, she was just like, I'm going to refer you to an endocrinologist because I think you might have a hormonal imbalance. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like the dermatologist is the one that's going to listen to me like years later. So kids, if you think you have an issue, don't always listen to one medical professional, go see a second one. Right. But anyways, that's my little plug there. But so I had a really bad relationship with my parents throughout high school, which is kind of challenging because I feel like my sister also had a really bad relationship with my parents during the time. Like my sister's had a really like interesting relationship with the family, as I mentioned before, because she kind of felt like an outsider for mm-hmm. a long time. It's gotten a lot better since, but I can't imagine how challenging that would have been for my parents having both of their kids, like not have a relationship 
with them you know what I mean mm-hmm. it makes yeah. me feel really bad about it but like I also like I'm trying not to be so hard on myself because I feel like everyone has to go through that you know like everyone goes through that rough patch in high school like it's just part of normal development and it sucks but it has to happen which makes me also not want children <laughs> but it's the reality of things but anyways uh so then once I went to college it was kind of like a much needed time away and I only really officially lived on campus my freshman year because I was given like I mean you were too were given like the grant to live on campus yeah. otherwise my parents would have never like had me dorm because they're just like we're not paying for that like that's been my, my parents and we've talked about this I think in like the money podcast where my parents like act like they're poor people but they're really really not <laughs> well a little bit in their defense you live like basic well not really down the street but kind of down the street from school yes but on top of that like <laughs> you know like right, whatever yeah. it's that's whatever that's not beside, yeah. that's a beside the point even if I went to like a different school if I went to like Redlands they would probably try to have me commute also but anyway <laughs> um my point being that my parents act like poor people when they're not and that's kind of why they're not because they're always so frugal with the money but anyways um the only reason I dormed was because I got that grant and it actually would have been more expensive to me to live for me not to live on campus because without that grant like we would have had to pay more or something like that I forget the yeah. logistics of it but um, so that time that I was on campus was like really, really healthy and like therapeutic because I felt like it gave me that feeling of independence, but it also made me realize kind of like what you're saying, like how you would go home every weekend. It made me realize that like, I miss my parents, you know, mm-hmm. like I missed being at home. I missed sleeping on my actual, like not awful bed, you know, <laughs> and having a room and having privacy and just like. I don't know, like, I just miss that whole life. And so it was really convenient for me because as you mentioned, like, it's not like my parents live far from Laverne. Like, it takes like 10 minutes to drive there on the street. Right. Um, so it was really nice to have that option to just like zoom home on like a whim and just be like, hey, mom, I'm having lunch at the house today, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like college was a really good opportunity for me to start building that relationship back. And then also I was diagnosed with PCOS. So then I started taking like, you know, birth control and it regulated my hormones and I stopped being a crazy person. Um, But yeah. And then into adulthood, it's like, it's really interesting because I feel like in a way I have regressed in terms of like independence Mm -hmm. because I feel like in college I was, I was pretty independent for the most part. Like I wasn't really financially independent, but I was independent for a lot of other things. But like now as an adult, I feel like I am financially independent, but I'm not independent for anything else. <laughs> like no matter what I'm doing, I'm just like, mom, is this the right decision? Like, mom, what should I do here? Like if I'm making rice, I'm like, mom, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like it's just like no matter what it is, I'm just like, mom, you need to tell me what to do here. <laughs> like, it's like a problem because I'm just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, you know, the day that we don't have our parents, like what am I going to do? And like if I were to ever have children, like my kids are the ones coming to me for that, like help. And I'm just like, hold on, let me put you on hold. I got to call your grandma. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's kind of funny. And it kind of shows like, it's negative in the sense of like, oh my gosh, I've really regressed. But it's also positive in the sense of like, my relationship with my parents is so like, we're best friends. And I think it's funny too, because me and my mom are so, so close to each other that like, I feel like sometimes my mom also forgets that I'm her kid. (laughs) Because like to, to exemplify that, like 
we'll be like skimming through like let's say like we're just going through like I don't know HBO and we're like looking for something to watch on TV right Mm -hmm. and she'll like find a movie like an old movie like let's just say breakfast I've seen breakfast at Tiffany's but like let's just say breakfast at Tiffany's for the sake of it and she'll be like have you seen this movie and I'll be like no I've never even heard of it and she's like you've never seen this movie I'm like mom you raised me like you're the one that showed me the classic movies like how like what do you mean? Like, you know, the movies I've seen, you know, like she'll like forget that like, she's the woman that raised me and she'll be like shocked that I haven't been exposed to something. And I'm just like, (laughs) like, this is your doing. (laughs) Like I was exposed to whatever you exposed me to. Yeah. So it's just, it's like a funny, it's like a funny, like realization that I've come to like now having like an adult relationship with my parents and with my dad too. Like I mentioned earlier that like my relationship with him went kind of sour but like I feel like we've really like built it back and it's like funny because I will always tease my dad for like some of the things that he because my dad's like a very special person like and I don't mean that in a negative way like he's just like he has like his way of being and it's not necessarily like the way that me and my mom are and so I feel like a lot of times like I will tease him or like say thing like be like oh like that's such a thing my dad would say you know or stuff like that but if anyone ever tries to challenge my dad in any way I will lose it like I'll be like don't you dare like to kind of exemplify that like um there's one time I think I've told you this before there was like one time we went to Mexico and we were picking up one of my cousin's girlfriends and first of all the whole thing was like already messed up because we went to pick her up and she was like getting her nails done at the salon. She was like, Oh, you guys get away from me. And like, so we were waiting like 30 minutes for her to get her dang nails done. And I'm just like, why are we even getting this girl? You know, like, I was like, she has no relevance to what we're doing. We're doing you a favor. And then finally she finishes. We've been waiting for her for 30 freaking minutes. And she's just like, "Mm, you know, and like, she like introduced herself. And then she like throws her purse in the car and like sits in the front seat with like her, boyfriend who's my cousin who was driving the car like she just like doesn't ask doesn't do anything like just sits herself in the front seat and then like forces my dad and my mom to sit in like the back seat and I was like I had never been so angry in my life like I was like what kind of level of disrespect do you have to like be raised with to think that that's an okay way of handling this right and and that and it's just it's it's so stupid because like it really isn't a big deal but at the same time just like my father is the man of this house (laughs) he should (laughs) sit in the front seat (laughs) like it's so like and and it's funny because like I'm very like feminist like I'm right yeah but like in that situation like in a situation where like my dad's authority is being challenged by someone else I'm very like excuse me (laughs) well that that is a very natural thing like for sure because like I've had this conversation with my mom plenty of times because I think we just recently talked about this actually because like she'll tell me like not to get like so pushed out of shape about something Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that I don't get pushed out of shape when it's about me but when it's something concerning like a member of my family like especially my parents because they're the ones you know that I'm around it's kind of like (laughs) I'm gonna throw some hands right here yeah seriously it's like it's like a weird like phenomenon that happens yeah 
Because, like, but... she, she only gets upset when it's about, you know, us kids. Or, like, my dad only gets really upset about if it's, like, my mom or us kids. Yeah. And I only really get upset when it's about them. We're never yeah. getting upset for ourselves. <laughs> it's just, like, this huge, like, sickle Yeah, because it's, like, people can say what they want to me, what they want about me. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. But as soon as it involves, you know, one of my loved ones, this is, the gloves are off. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely, like, what I have realized has become an issue with me um of late but anyways uh let's move on to us in the future like what what do you hope to take from like maybe your experiences and you know like kind of use that in the way that you would parent your own children so you know really as much as I can give like my future children the upbringing that I have I feel like that would be just fantastic because Mm -hmm. I find really no faults with the way that I grew up. Right. I know that like my mom said to me personally before, because like I said, I spent a lot of time with my mom. We talk back and forth about a lot of things. So like, I just hear a lot of this stuff from her, you know, where like where she would have wanted to change the things about, you know, how we were raised like here or there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, I don't really think that there was anything wrong with the way that we were brought up. Like, cause my whole thing is that I was basically a witness to my parents and like my grandparents very extreme generosity and kindness towards right. other people mm-hmm. it's like if that's what I'm taking away from like my childhood that I think that I'm coming out pretty good yeah <laughs> so it's like absolutely. that's something that I want to you know instill you know in my kids like just being good and being kind yeah totally because like what really more do you need to do in life really like if you're just like basic you know resting pulses kindness then what what else is there yeah I totally agree and you know ideally because I saw this written in yours as well ideally I would like to you know be at home with my kids when they were young like before like they go to school Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how feasible that is to really do in this day and age especially in southern california with like the price of living and all that stuff he's like actually like i've kind of had a conversation with my mom about it already because like that's something that you know she did and that's something that my sister-in-law is currently doing and that's what my sister other sister-in-law is planning to do right and i'm the only like kind of outlier in the sense i'm just like well i really don't know if that's going to be something that's feasible right something i want sure i'm like who you marry you know i mean yeah it depends on that and then you know, you think about how hard it's going to be to get back into working after taking, like, five or six years off. Yeah, especially, like, how the, like, workforce is moving. Right, it's, it's difficult to re-enter the workforce that way, I totally. would think. Of course, I don't know anything about anything because I have zero children, but yeah, I would think that, you know, being out of the game for so long, it's going to be really hard to get back and being like, well, because I feel like people will look at you a certain way which it doesn't matter to me necessarily what people think about it but you know it's going to matter if I can't get a job yeah totally which you know I think it's a little bit different like for you and I who like kind of work in like a school environment Mm -hmm. I think it might be a little bit easier in that sense Mm -hmm. but you know I would love to do that it's actually already something I feel pretty guilty about I'm not even a parent I'm just like I'm already feeling like guilt that I might not be able to be at home that entire Mm -hmm. time with my kids Mm mm-hmm whenever I get to that day because obviously I need to you know get married settled down before any of that happens but you mm-hmm. know it's something on my mind already for sure yeah totally because like 
you know, I'm not necessarily like signed up for that idea in the sense of like, it's a woman's place to be at home with the kids until, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not down for that. I don't subscribe to that. What I do subscribe to is I want to be there for them and I want to be that person for them that my mom was for me. Totally. That's my motivation for that. Not the it's a woman's place motivation. Oh, 100%. That's never. Yeah. It's because like I think about like how miserable I'd be if I was missing all my child's first moments because like they were in daycare and whatever and someone else was like seeing those things and I wasn't. Totally. I'd be salt in the earth. I'd be pretty yeah. upset about it. But anyway, um, I mean, as far as like, because I saw that you put like disciplinary things on there as well. Like, I feel like I'd be kind of at a loss for that. I'd have to see how my kids would be just because like me and my brothers are never really that ill behaved. Mm-hmm. So like we didn't get grounded. We'd get like put on restriction for like a couple days. Like we could restricted access to certain things like only so much video games only so much tv like that sort of thing mm-hmm. but we really didn't need to get like punished yeah but anyway i like to have somewhere between three and four kids which i saw in your notes and that is absurd alex oh my god i mean good for you but like oh my okay, god like thing. that's so many okay here's the thing really if you're just being honest you think about me and how I am. Doesn't that kind of make sense, though? I mean, like, yeah, it makes sense. For, like, this is this is what I was saying in the beginning, too. It's just like, I don't have judgment for you. I don't have judgment for people who got married early. Like, I really don't. It's just that when someone tells me something, I, my immediate response is to imagine myself in the situation. Right. So when you say, like, three to four kids, I'm like, holy hell, that is okay. so many kids. <laughs> Jesus. But I mean, like, yeah, I can see you doing it. Yeah, me being the person that I am, because, like, one thing that anyone who's, like, knows anything about me knows, like, probably most of my girlfriends, really, is that I want to have a, a family. Yeah, you wanted like kids the, yesterday. Exactly. Like, you know, if I was in the position to, like, have children, if I was married, settled down, like, had, of course, the finances for it, because I, you mm-hmm. know, don't want to do that and it be, you know, really Not hard supported. on the kids because yeah. I can't support them. Like, there's that. Right. But... Yeah, if I if it was the right conditions, yeah, I'd have kids because I love. I mean, Wild. not that I, I love children because I don't like other people's children. I don't want to really. <laughs> you <laughs> love like your children, your family's children, right? Yeah, it's different when they're related to you. Totally. Like my nephew, I'm just like he can have anything for me. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. That's so funny. Love that child, but everyone else's children's like can't. <laughs> but, I feel that. And I think like one thing that has been probably one of the most important things in my life that my parents have always said to me that I'd want to pass on to my own kids is they'd always say to me, there's not one thing that you can do to make me stop loving you. Mm. Like that's something I'd hear constantly. And, you know, as you know, corny as it might be for some people, it does something for you to know beyond a shadow of the doubt that your parents love you totally 100% like if I were to like list my absolutes in life because I feel like I'm a person who doesn't like to commit to absolutes to certain things for Mm -hmm. most of my stuff Mm -hmm. one of my absolutes would be my parents love me yeah totally it was like I have never once doubted it absolutely and that's how it should be really 
and there's some yeah it's how it should be and there's so much security in that feeling Mm -hmm. like so much of who I am as a person and how I feel just like secure as a person has come from the fact that you know I know that my parents love me and I know that my parents like love each other right so that's something that I want to pay for it and also like what my parents did for me as far as like having us visit with my paternal grandparents every Sunday Mm -hmm. that's something I want to pay back to them like that is my plan yeah that that's like a nice tradition to have I like to think that my siblings would do something similar but like that's something that I want for my kids because I think about how indispensable it was for me growing up and like for me now like to have had that kind of relationship with them was one of the biggest gifts yeah totally I think I would want to do that too with my if not like more often and I mean it's also you know easy to you know do because my mom also like how I want kids yesterday my mom wants to retire yesterday Mm -hmm. so that she can take care of all her grandchildren that's the dream she she only has you know the one right now and I like to tell her just kind of like listen by the time I think that we really actually start like having kids like you'll probably be retired so chill yeah but yeah, she wants to basically create a weird my daycare. See, that's, I'm going to have to sign up for that daycare because like, unfortunately for me, obviously like my mom is not in a position where she could probably be caring for children. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to have to find some sort of care system. It's going to be awful. Yeah. My mom is very against any of us putting our kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, I don't want a stranger looking after your children. Send mm-hmm. them my way. I'm just like, Hey man whatever that's ideal what a lucky part of your life yeah so I mean obviously we'll get there when we get there because we I have my one nephew and that's it and that's you know probably gonna stay that way for at least another like one or two years maybe Mm -hmm. I don't know you know what my siblings plans for that are but anyway so anyway yeah that's you know more or less it you know just something similar to what I had making sure that my kids feel loved and secure in the way that I did because my parents gave me everything and you just want to like pay that forward for sure just like I'd be lucky to be able to pay that forward totally yeah mine's mine's really similar in the sense of like um in a perfect world I would want to be a stay-at-home mom just because I know how much that positively affected me when my mom was at home But like you said, how realistic is that really? Especially because like my husband, unfortunately, doesn't have like a very like he can't be like the sole breadwinner, basically, for at least with like what he's doing currently. I don't know. Maybe in the future, if you were to get like a really big time job, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we would need to source his income. So I don't know how realistic that would be. But I would like to. And I've kind of mentioned this with Aaron, how like I'm like in the event that like he were to get a job offer like in. I don't know, Oregon or something. And the cost of living there is much lower than living in Southern California, Los Angeles. I'm just like, maybe we would like, maybe I would like be a stay at home mom and like, you know, be one of those people who just like does PTA all day and like, you know, does different like (laughs) fundraisers. Uh, I could do that, you know, And and it's going to your point also, it's not because I feel like I would need to be like, the woman should do that. But it's solely selfish in the sense like, I don't want Aaron to do it. I want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like if I were to come home and Aaron's just like, oh, like the baby had the first steps today. The baby said, Dada, I would be so pissed. Right. Like, I'd be like I'm mama. You know? 
So like, it's purely selfish. It's not because I'm like a woman should do it, but it's, it's more because like, I just feel like I want to do it. I feel like I would do a better job. (laughs) I trust myself more, but yeah, that's like one of the main things I would hope to do, but we'll see how life pans out. Um, another thing that like, this is kind of like a debatable, well, not a debatable, like a hot topic, but I would like to normalize like alcohol and drugs to my kids, like from a young age. And my reasoning behind that is because like my parents did that. And I feel like it's a really like typical thing of like Latin families to do this, but it's like really normalizing those like toxins, I guess, because like then they're not taboo. You know what I mean? Okay. So I want to throw a question in there real quick. Because by drugs, do you mean like weed? Because otherwise, you know, the viewers might... Or the listeners might think, like, do you mean cocaine? Like, no, no, no. Okay, so I mean, like, legal legal drugs, like, yeah, like, weed. I'm not going to be like, oh, heron's so cool, you know? Like, and it's not (laughs) even that, like, I'm trying to, like, I'm not going to be, like, smoking a blunt in front of my kids or anything. But it's, like, I want to normalize the things that, like, they might feel inclined to try when they're older. Because I feel like a lot of times when that's, like, held as, like, a restricted thing, they're so curious, like, kids are so curious that they're so eager to like find that independence and like try it I can like go ahead I can understand the idea of wanting to have open and honest conversations about things like that in the event of like wanting to make sure that your kids are doing something safely instead of sneaking around exactly I can understand that motivation yeah exactly it's not that I'm going to be like forcing it down their throat it's more of like educating them like this isn't something that's like foreign. It's something that's normal. It's something that exists. And like, it's important to know that like, you know, it's, it's dangerous in a sense, but it also cannot be dangerous if you're safe about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like for, and I'm, and I don't like using drugs in this example, but like with alcohol, for example, like when I was a kid, my parents would like, let me taste their wine or like, let me taste their beer. And, you know, like as a kid, I would like sip it and be like, ah, so nasty you know Mm -hmm. and like they would just get a big kick out of it and I feel like growing up like I I mean you could attest to this like in college like I wasn't like a big drinker you know I would actually I was thinking as you were saying that I'm just like I do agree in the sense of out of all the people that we hung out with you when it came to that stuff you weren't the one who was out of control yeah because I was just like this isn't like I didn't feel like oh I'm on my own I get to do all these crazy things it's like this has just been around me my whole life and it's like I don't feel the need to like go crazy you know what I mean right And so that's something that like, I feel like I would want to make like normalize around my kids so that they also don't feel like, ah, you know, got a party, you know, hopefully. And Mm -hmm. who's to, who's to say like how a kid will interpret that and take it like into adulthood, but like just going off of like me, my sister, like the way we were raised and the way we turned out, like, I would hope that my kids would have the same result. So that's my thing. I can understand that. Yeah. And, and like I said, like, it's not like I'm going to be having my kids try weed, you know, like, I'm right. not going to do that. But like, if they want to <laughs> sip my wine, like, I'll let them sip it, you know, right. just yeah. so, like they can get a little taste, whatever. Sure. Anyway, um, so the next thing is kind of what you're saying. Also, when I was growing up, I was never grounded. Like, we were punished, quote unquote. And so like, if we did something that like my parents deemed out of line, we would get a punishment. And usually... It was really interesting the way that this worked because my parents would be like, no TV for a week or whatever, you know? 
and we'd be like oh man and like it would be a whole thing of us being like oh like we messed up and then like maybe like two or three hours later we'd go into the kitchen and my mom's cooking and she'd have the tv on we'd be like what are you watching and she's like full house you know like something like that and we just like watch the tv together and so it, was, it wasn't even like my parents actually like went through with the punishment it was more of like you have to understand that actions have consequences and like right. there's like a whole kind of like an act in a sense to like convey that to us so that we would learn the lesson and then they would be like okay like we're done with that let's move on with life and I feel like it really worked because like I I mean it, me especially I can't really speak to my sister because I don't necessarily know how she felt all about it but like me whenever I would get punished like I wouldn't do the thing again you know like because I just but I don't want to deal with that again and right. so I feel like I would never be like to my kids like you're granted for two weeks you can't do anything you want to do because I'm like what's the point of that like they're just gonna get more frustrated in that time so my intention is more to like instill rationale like as to like an understanding of like this is happening because you did this Mm-hmm. versus actually doing it does that make sense yeah yeah so that's like my view on discipline um another thing that I would do is like get my kids involved in some sort of extracurriculars right yeah and like what that extracurricular is doesn't necessarily matter to me like I would prefer if they liked sports because I like <laughs> sports you know like right. I would like to be well I mean I wouldn't like to be but like if I had to pick, I would prefer to be like a soccer mom or like, you know, like bring in the orange slices to halftime, you know, like that's the type of thing that I'm comfortable with because I grew up in it. I'm familiar with it versus like if my kids end up being like ballerinas, like that's fine too. But if I had a preference, it would be like more traditional, like rough and dirty sports, but I I want them to like choose anything that they want to do as long as it's something additional to school that they're doing you know like I don't want them right. to just go to school come home watch tv all day right yeah they have That's to get involved in some sort of like activity um and then lastly I want to instill the value of education as my parents did in me um like I said when I graduated college I didn't feel like I accomplished anything I was just like okay like I was excited to do this my whole life and I feel like one that's kind of sad but two it was really good because it like, I never even for one second considered not going to college, you know, mm-hmm. like I have a lot of friends who are like, maybe I'll go to college. Like I'll start even my husband, you know, like he went to community college and then mm-hmm. eventually like, you know, finished his degree at Cal State LA. And like during that time, it was, there was like a period in his life where he's just like, am I really going to finish this? Like his siblings, like they started college, didn't finish. And so it was kind of like a different life experience Mm -hmm. and it's crazy for me to think that someone has to go through that you know like considering like will I not finish college like will I have to kind of like work like you know I hate to throw her not that I'm throwing her under the bus because it's not necessarily a bad thing but like his sister for example like she's a manager at like Pan Express right and she's constantly kind of just like this is a hard job to maintain because she has to work so many hours they're always rotating like you know, it's not steady. It's not just kind of like, you know, kind of like you and me, like we work Monday to Friday, like 7.30 to 30.30 or whenever, or I don't know your hours, but like that's my hours. And we get weekends off. We get, well, I get holidays off. And for the most part, it's like a really standard schedule versus like someone who doesn't have the, you know, benefit of a job like that. And they're like rotating schedules. And even you, like you did have a degree and you had a job that had rotating schedules and that's so like difficult to like manage. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know. It's, 
it's not a guarantee that if they have a degree, they will have like an easier time with their job, but I think it puts them in a better position to have an easier time. You know what I mean? Right. And yes, because I definitely agree with you both in the extracurriculars and in the value of education. Because like, you know, I said earlier that, you know, one of my mom's catchphrases was like, you know, the thing about the yelling, but the Mm -hmm. second one that she had was you're going to college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was no ifs, ands, or buts on whether or not, you know, me and my siblings are going to go to college. We we're going to go to college. Totally. I think that, you know, I think nowadays, at least going to at least get your bachelor's or maybe like even going to like a trade school is like the minimum you need to do in order to like have a fighting chance in certain respects to have yes. like a semi normal, you know, not stressful work schedule. Like you're just going to have to do one of those two things. Yeah. Because even like right now with like in the midst of the pandemic, it's like challenging because like all these people are considered like essential workers mm-hmm. and they're the ones on the front lines, like, you know, the people working at grocery stores at like fast food places, like they're the ones that have not taken a day off during the whole pandemic. And they're like the ones being exposed to like the germs and like the virus and everything. Yeah. And it's like, that sucks, dude, because like, you know, like you and I have been working from home. Like we don't have to have that stress on us because we yeah. have the luxury of a job that allows us to work from home. But like the reality is that all these people working in quote unquote essential jobs, minus obviously like medical medical professionals mm-hmm. um, are the people that don't necessarily have degrees. And that's like the sad reality of it. And it's like, I really respect them because they're really putting themselves out there. And that's like really hard to do. But like, I just, don't want my future children to have to struggle in that way you know like have to put themselves in that position yeah and that's you know really what it is because like you know obviously there's having whatever kind of job that's perfectly respectable you know because like I knew like career in and out people back when we worked in and out like there's nothing wrong you know working in fast food in that way you know but I'd want the same thing and I think that most parents would want the same thing is just like their kids not to help to struggle yeah. Which is, you know, actually really why, you know, I'm living at home with my parents because they're just like, hey, listen, like, you know, you save your money until you're ready and you can afford to move out on your own because we don't want you to struggle. Absolutely. That, like, yeah. And I think that's, that's a good philosophy. That's the core of this whole podcast is like parenting should be with the mentality of like the best for your kids. You just want them to succeed. You don't want them to struggle is like the core of it all, you know? Yeah. And luckily we both had that. Luckily. Yeah. We're very fortunate because that's not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. But anyway, oh man, we've been really talking for a long time. I feel like my throat is dry, but it was some good things. It was some good feels in there. It was really good podcast. I really like, I'm going to tell like my mom (laughs) to listen to this podcast. So cute. I really liked your stories, especially. Um, But yeah, you guys, I hope that this triggered your emotions pulled on the heartstrings <laughs> uh, and if you can relate to us hit us up on our instagram but we will talk to you guys next week see you later bye